This is a HeadGum Podcast. Support for the show is brought to you by the new Audible original, Heads Will Roll, from Saturday Night Live's Kate McKinnon and co-creator Emily Lynn. It's a royally raunchy scripted audio comedy. Listen free with a 30-day trial. Just go to audible.com slash vultureheads. That's audible.com slash vultureheads. Hello, I am Vulture Senior Editor Jesse David Fox, and welcome to Good One, a podcast about jokes. This is another bonus episode while we put the finishing touches on the next season of Good One. We have something this week that is very near and very, you guessed it, dear to my heart. Beyond my role as host of this podcast, I also help produce Vulture Festival, and with the power bestowed upon me, in November 2017, I organized a reunion of one of my absolute favorite things that ever existed. Clone High, the short-lived 2002 MTV animated show about a high school made up of clones of famous historical figures, created by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who would go on to make the Lego Movie and the 21 Jump Street movies, as well as produce The Last Man on Earth and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, along with Scrubs creator Bill Lawrence, it starred Will Forte as Abraham Lincoln, Nicole Sullivan as Joan of Arc, Michael McDonald as Gandhi, Krista Miller as Cleopatra, as well as Chris Miller as JFK and Phil Lord as Principal Scudworth. And it was so funny and good and completely seminal in the forming of my sense of humor. Cancelled after protesters in India complained about its portrayal of Gandhi, Clone High has achieved cult status in the nearly two decades since. And the cult was definitely in the house that day in November, as we assembled all the major players I listed before for the first ever reunion of the show. And now, for the first time ever, I am presenting the audio from that panel. I should note the conversation was intended for people already familiar with the show, so if you haven't watched, may I suggest you first check out the episodes for the first and only season, which tend to be available whenever on YouTube. I think you'd like it. For those familiar with the show, I'm sure you will love this conversation. So, without further ado, I present the reunion of Clone High. Oh yeah, nice. You got a Scrubs t-shirt under that or no? <laughs> Come on. Oh, cool. Um, so, let's talk about Clone High. Uh, Have, have you guys, you know, we're all together. Have, have you guys seen each other much? Have you talked much since? I mean, it's been 15 years. I mean, other than obviously the ones that work together. But as a cast, have you guys all kept in touch in any way? No. <laughs> I, I saw Nicole in, in an airport. We were trying to figure out which airport. Which but we hung around and... and uh, uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> Mike, I, I'm you? disappointed that he showed up. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> and Nicole had a waiter that looked a lot like. Oh, you guys Phil see this? Oh yeah, that's Nicole. True. Just see if anybody can see it. Nicole had a waiter. Dale Girl. If someone wants to bring my purse, it, the seventy. Right. She had a waiter that it's looked so much, so much like Phil that she thought horrible bosses was happening. <laughs> or undercover boss. Undercover boss. Oh, undercover boss. Yeah. All right. I saw it, and I'm still not sure it wasn't me. <laughs> I did not enjoy my Chinese chicken salad nearly the way I wanted yeah, to because I, I was it. obsessed. <laughs> we'll show you the picture. It's we, uh, we crossed paths a little because one of the ideas behind the show, and it was from these guys too, was to uh, work with uh, friends. And uh, uh, I'm married to her down there. And uh, Nicole and Mike are super old friends of mine. I've never met Will. We're friends. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, young friends. He's, he's older. And uh, no, for, so for Chris, Phil, Will, for all of us, I think, and and the other voices, it was, and the writers you guys worked with, these guys really put together a world of people that would spend time with each other, anyways. So, yeah. 
Um, so I want to start a little bit at the beginning. Uh, so I've, I've read that the sort of the idea first started as sort of clone college when you guys were in college, and then it sort of morphed into the idea of a clone high school. How did it become this clone high school? Well, the one that we're pointing to the name of the show. But how did clone <laughs> high become the clone high that is this clone high? Uh, well, we made, um, so we had this weird idea for a show, and, um, and, and Bill uh, wanted to develop uh, younger writers, and he himself was like, had just turned 30, yeah, yeah. I think. So we were the only writers young enough for him to mentor <laughs> at that time. <laughs> uh, so we were stuck together, and, uh, and, and, and we, made this, uh, we made this pilot for uh, the Fox Network, and then the person that uh, bought the pilot stopped working there. He, he got quit. He was quit. <laughs> he stayed woke. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, and so we, we all did other stuff. And then uh, uh, some crazy people at MTV uh, uh, wanted to uh, put it on the air, which is like a crazy thing that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> like things just die, and they just die forever, guys. I'm sorry to say this. Uh, and, and, and this got resurrected. And then, like thirteen months of legal wrangling later, uh, 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 with, with the Walt Disney Company, and somehow magically, uh, we were able to, to to start working on it. How did you narrow down to the sort of the five main clones? Clones? Did you start with clones you wanted to work with, or archetypes of types of high school people? It was both at the same time. You know, we were we had made like a list of of people and. Certain ones were just not very funny. It wasn't going to be great to do Hitler, for example. <laughs> uh, Where's thin? Or, yeah. or would it have been? No, I think no. Nope. I think ultimately no. Uh, we're also very limited to um, historical figures that people know about. Yeah. Which is about, about five. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, and, and MTV viewers, you know, or a lot of um, like middle school boys. Yeah. Um, so uh, I liked the Elvis twins the best. That's right, the Elvis twins. I liked the, the really nice, polite, clean-cut Elvis and the overweight one with a thermos <laughs> full of tranquilizer smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then what was sort of, uh, what do you remember from the casting or audition process and then for the actor? There's no audition audition process. (laughs) The process was, oh, our friend Will is a comedy writer and also performs for the Groundlings. How about him? And Bill's like, oh, my friends over here are great. That was the cast. That was the cast. By the way, for for trivia's sake, all the guests... Star voices are most of them are people from Scrubs because these guys did the show in that hospital. That's where the writers yeah. room were, were yeah. and where the recording was. It was, and so it'd literally be like, "Hey Donald, will you go downstairs and be a talking peanut?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was. He was, yeah. he was yeah. You gave us a great place to work. It was. Uh, it was in the psych ward of the abandoned hospital, hospital. which was the one place that they were too afraid to work at. They were like, "This is too creepy in here." We got, and so it was free for us. Uh, the doors locked uh, from the, you know, from the outside. From the office, so you, you got to eat your food. food. We got to eat your food. It was a yeah, great catering. And uh, and they had that thing down in the basement where the morgue, where you would like go into one of the the lockers. Lay in there uh, for five minutes, and yeah. if you could make it for five minutes and not think that no one had abandoned you down in this abandoned hospital in the dark in the basement, yeah, then uh, you won a prize. That was our version of a trust fall. Part of the like fun team building exercise. You seal that door up as soon as someone gets in. It's big fun. Yeah. It's big fun. Well, there's no latch on the inside, so. 
Do you guys remember the best uh, guest star voice in the pilot? Oh, so yeah, Michael J. Fox has yeah. uh, got these other kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> record, I believe recorded on his cell phone or something, recorded originally and then recorded somewhere yes. in New York, right? That's correct, yeah. yeah. How That's did you back get, when how cell phones were not, like, broadcast yeah. quality. Yeah. How, was, how was Michael J. Fox even, a, how was he a, a told of this thing through his script? There you go, Spin City, Bill Lawrence. I created the TV show. <laughs> right before I took over the newest Star Wars, I created this show. <laughs> Mike, uh, I, we called Mike up, and he's like, that sounds insane. What do I have to do? He's like, I'll do it, but I won't go anywhere. And I said, and then he, these guys wrote him the part of, and as Gandhi's other kidney. It was a great use. It was a real ratings boon. <laughs> this, week, this week on Glow and I. Um, I'd love to hear how <laughs> how you guys all kind of landed on your voices for your respected clones. Go ahead, guys. Oh, you also did a... Oh, oh, we have to start. Okay, yeah, I was doing the worst Boston accent ever. Uh, mostly a ripoff of Mayor Quimby, I think. Uh, um, yeah, like an impression of an impression. Exactly. That's good. And then, uh, and then and also... What, what did it sound like, though? What did it sound that's horrible. <laughs> oh, you yeah, uh, don't remember. <laughs> and, then, nice. uh, and then also uh, a terrible British accent, because I'm good at bad accents uh, for Mr. Butlertron, originally Mr. Belvatron, but then legal, <laughs> legally changed. changed to Butlertron. Yeah. Um, Dude, you got to do that one, too. That's my favorite voice. <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> Command performance. There was. Tied for a bunch of other favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. How'd you, right. how'd you call it with uh, Scudworth's screamy voice? Uh, it, I just would get really upset. <laughs> uh, and then the way I could get myself uh, to remember how it sounded was to, to, to pretend I was Jamaican <laughs> and say, like, the ting is. And then it would be like, Stables! <laughs> and that was, that's how I got into it. <laughs> you, you did some research on Abe Lincoln for yours, right? I did. I, I did, looked up all the audio recordings. <laughs> <laughs> obviously nailed it. No, it was very, if, like, I kept asking these guys, I was like, are, are you sure you want me to do this? I, I, uh, because I was just writing at the time. I was at the Groundlings, and, you know, all these guys... Uh, I looked up to so much, and I was like, oh, God, do I even deserve to be in here? And then I was like, what voice do you want me to do? And they, it was basically just kind of my normal voice. I thought it sounded boring, and I didn't realize how kind of weird and <laughs> annoying my voice is. And they said, uh, yeah, just do that. That's like the, so, so it was, it was uh, yeah, I basically was just kind of doing my own voice. <laughs> it was flawless. <laughs> well, it was just my. It, it was that like this. Really, <laughs> Lincoln. Yep. I got shot. <laughs> Michael, uh, I don't have any recollection of getting the job, <laughs> or I think uh, all I knew from the writing of it, it was he was just kind of like a fun-loving. Thing. So I thought I'd just 
the uh, and and I think it was also because our our characters were like best friends, and it just felt like if you were kind of somber man who was shot in a past life, <laughs> maybe I would be somebody sort of fun loving, and that's really all of it. That's all it was. <laughs> <laughs> What was your inspiration for Joan? So, so the money. The money. <laughs> so much money. Um, still, I mean, the wing, the wing on my house, blown high wing. Uh, we were doing a sketch around the same time on on Mad TV called Pretty White People with Problems. Pretty white kids. Pretty white kids with problems. And uh, that I played a blonde. So I was like, I'm a, I'm a brunette in this high school, not changing my voice entirely. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's just, you know, I, I sound like me, everything I do. <laughs> no, I feel like I, it's, if I watch it now, though, it kind of sounds like how I mock my teenage, teenage daughter. daughter. <laughs> because she talks like that, and then we were there, and then we, and she's like, Mom, I don't really even talk like that. <laughs> How'd, so, you, how'd you nail the edgy standoffish stuff? I don't know. It's really difficult. It's so yeah. difficult. The one thing you'll... This is what the Bill Lawrence does beautifully and with his co-creators. Bill will always write for pe- people he knows and, and hopefully likes and respects. He writes to you exactly the way he sees you. <laughs> very telling. When you're invited to a guest spot, you're like, oh, I'm... Batshit crazy. All right. That's what he hones in on. Your so true self. I have to say out loud, though, that uh, I love online social media taking credit for anything involved in this show. I didn't write shit. These guys <laughs> killed it. So if anybody ever comes up to me and says the show's well written, I mean, I say thank you in one way. But <laughs> in, your here, mind, in my mind, yeah. I want to say I didn't do any of the writing. So and our very talented writing staff of. Uh, five or six other humans who are excellent and super awesome and uh, ahead of their time. So nameless. Some of them are here today. Guys, give them a hand. <laughs> we got Erica Rubinoya and Adam Papa over oh, in the front row. Look at that. Two of the uh, super cool dudes. Oh. And Tommy Walter who wrote the theme song and prepared. Oh, yeah. and, uh, Time great theme song, by the way. Outstanding, yeah. man. Yeah, I still like it. So I was going to ask, what when is people what was tell the... me that they love how much you know how good a theme song is? Of course, I say thank you. What I want to say is he's here. Yeah. He's here today. What? I was like, what was the inspiration of for the theme song? Shout. Uh, you guys gave me the lyrics. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disowning it. Yeah. <laughs> so it came from you guys. But you wrote it on the tour bus. I did. On your computer, right? Yeah, on it with a microphone. It's bouncing around. Yeah. I actually think it sounds like it. <laughs> it's got a raw sound. It's good, it's good. So we're going to play a, a couple of clips throughout that Phil and Chris uh, chose. So we'll play clip number one now. And You're in charge. I don't, know. don't put a question. Can <laughs> we hunger down? Right now. So tall. Am I blocking? Can anyone no, see over me? I'm so tall. Babe, <laughs> <laughs> you're not tall. The heart in my mind has been Here to think some. 
right now all I can think about is not thinking about you over there on your thinking dock, thinking about what you did. I was only trying to help Abe. You don't know what you're getting into. What she's getting you into. You don't know what you're getting into. And that's out of my friendship. And you know what hurts the most, Joan? This nail I just stepped on. But there's a metaphorical nail in my other foot that hurts the second most, and it's from you backstabbing me. So maybe instead of the nail metaphor, I should have used a stabbing metaphor. But it's too late for that now, isn't it? I guess it is. That's where you're wrong, Joan. Because I'm going to win that election with the most dangerous campaign stunt since Dukakis jumped the Snake River Canyon. Goodbye, Joan. Goodbye, Joan. On television? (laughs) So stupid. So I I wanted to ask you about parody. Were you you all watching high school shows at the time? Was this parody out of love or sort of? Total love. Uh, Yeah, it was uh, the era of, uh, it was the end of uh, 90210. Uh, and the beginning of Dawson's Creek, and uh, the OC had not yet come on when we were making it, uh, but they were taking from the Clearly same exact by us. sources that we were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we uh, we loved uh, those shows, and they were amazing. We basically ripped off the plots of all of them. <laughs> Sometimes just using dialogue from those shows directly. Do you guys remember fighting in the pilot? Because I, I didn't get it the way they got it. And do you remember fighting about the Dawson's Creek moment, the pilot? Yeah, it was exactly. too too deliberate of a reference for me now. My taste has evolved. Back then, I was yeah. like, I, 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 you know, Busy Phillips is going to come out of the shadows and punch me. I hated yeah. those shows. I hated them all. And these guys in the pilot really wanted that uh, Dawson's Creek song. And for it's some reason, emotional. you wanted Gandhi to be, or no, Abe or Gandhi to be in a Gan- boat. Gandhi right? in is a boat, in a boat. In an above-ground pool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. that song played. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and it's Abe, not a very right? sophisticated reference. <laughs> no, Listen. not everything holds yeah. up. It yeah. works. I say I like teen years. I think seventy yeah. percent of it holds up, and thirty percent of it is is a bit <laughs> delightful. Shameful. Shameful. <laughs> yeah, but somebody had a Ponce image. Yeah, Ponce. This man has a Ponce de Leon image. Uh, that episode was definitely ripped off of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> if you saw the episode where Dawson's dad dies. A very beautiful episode. Um, my favorite thing in that was that you said this week on Clone High a regular character dies. <laughs> and then you put him in the opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we had uh, and then uh, Neil Flynn's character uh, uh, as Julius Caesar not as the dad said oh Ponce you're a regular character. <laughs> Do you guys uh you guys know? Do you know good Neil Flynn um, trivia that I've never oh, yes, told? I've good. never told any. I've never said this out loud. These guys named the janitor on Scrubs because when Neil had to clean up, he had to, in a parcel of he had to go yeah. clean up throw up. Yes. Yeah. And they named, they called him Glenn. Yeah. And so that's when we decided the janitor's name was Glenn on Scrubs. <laughs> so if anybody had been watching all that stuff, it's when Neil and I, so he felt that his janitor had already been named on their show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's the same start. character crossover. Yeah. <laughs> in retrospect, shared crossover. universe. Yeah. 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 And you mentioned writing that episode specifically based on the Dawson's Creek, but in general, how are episodes written? Did you start with sort of the thing that you wanted 
to Patty to be like, oh, we're going to do a makeover episode and then base it off that? Or did, were, yes, it was always like, oh, we're going to do the election episode, we're going to do the you know, very important PSA story or whatever, and, uh, and, then, uh, and then everybody just went crazy on it. I think there was one episode that was just a, based on a drawing of Scudworth wearing a cravat. <laughs> <laughs> That somebody drew on the right. board and yeah. it was really funny, so we just tried to work backwards. <laughs> somebody drew it on the board. It was you. You drew it on the board. Somebody drew it on the board. And everyone loved it and it inspired a and whole somebody series Somebody insisted that we make a my whole thing thing about it. My favorite thing about it with the cast, and I don't know if you guys all have stories like this, but my, my wife would come home. She'd be working on scrubs and then she'd go record stuff for you guys, I guess. And I'd be like, oh, what's going on? She's like, I think it's Marilyn Manson in the food pyramid or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just felt like it, you guys never really recorded stuff together, did you guys? Or was it? Did we you, did times you know what we would do it all? Time. If we I did, it was fun. I remember we had one time that we all were there. Yeah. Yeah, they would put four microphones in that big room. Yeah, that big yeah. Room. And we'd face Brad. each other. CBS Bradford, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, that was fun. Did you know what the, I mean, did you know that what the hell was going on? No, no, I, no I never, never did. I had zero idea. <laughs> I was like, if anyone understands what the fuck we're doing here, good on them. Like, I didn't get it. And then I watched it, I was like, oh, I see, I see, I see. That was deliberate on our part. Yeah, you guys always yeah. were directing yeah, or technique. Yeah, we were, it was our, our first professional directing experience, so. Uh, yeah. So we were we were fantastic experts, right experts out of the gate at, yeah. uh, at setting the the scene. How were you clearly? At talking, how, are, <laughs> how are you at talking to actors? And Terrible, actors? so bad. Uh, we, I'll say we've learned a lot since those days. Yes, um, but uh, these guys were awesome because they you know they're they they come from comedy. They come from sketch comedy where you can do. Everyone was doing multiple parts and and and. Everyone was up for the craziest stuff, even if it didn't make any sense at all. Yes. <laughs> very game and very patient. Would a lot get cut out? Like, would you have them record things? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not my <laughs> <nice> things. <laughs> Not yeah. um, we, No, the radio plays were like 35 minutes mm -hmm. a lot of the time. That's not unlike Scrubs, actually. Yeah. It starts out really long. And then, uh, and then we would we would slowly, Whittle painstakingly, it down yeah. to twenty one thirty. Yeah. We also used um, each other's shows as a way to procrastinate. So our writers' room would screen rough cuts sometimes of your stuff to see what should go, and occasionally you guys would watch stuff that we were doing, and uh, it was just a great way for a, a lot of highly paid people to do nothing for large, <laughs> large periods of time. That's right. Yeah. The, and even that clip there, you obviously are making fun of those shows, but you, you do get to have the advantage of still getting to have an emotional moment. I mean, for all you guys, we were all surprised that the show was like a more sensitive, I guess, than you expected. It was definitely, I mean, obviously it was a parody, but it was, there was a actual emotion between the characters. That, well, that was somewhat accidental. <laughs> I, don't you think we started out like with the premise of like, oh, feelings are really funny. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then it seemed to really help when, uh, when we played the relationships, uh, uh, we took them at least a little bit seriously. And it was, even though like one episode was an ADD episode and the next one was a film festival episode and the next one was a, uh, uh, like a, like a uh, uh, inspirational sports drama, the fact that they had like a continuing serialized relationship sort of held it together. And not to toot all their horns, but I think a lot of that stuff really worked because these guys are so good that yeah. uh, I actually believed in this friendship. You know what I mean? I, I believed. <laughs> I believed in the unrequited love thing. I believed in the, you know, it just all kind of worked for me emotionally too. But I thought that was all those guys. 
and none of these two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as you said, there's there's sort of two great love stories in, in this season. There's the love quadrilateral, I guess you would say, um, and then also the love story between Principal Scudworth and Mr. Butlertron. Uh, but what do you think these characters saw in each other? Oh, wow. Guys? <laughs> That's on you guys. Yeah, you Go. guys are. You own what did you guys see? Well, Abe, why did, you, why did you miss Joan, and why did you like uh, uh, Cleopatra so much? Well, because these guys wrote it in a script. They <laughs> <laughs> could like, say these lines, and like, that, that, was like, that, that was basically. <laughs> I do. I, us to. Yeah. No, it, it, you know, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> About two thirds of the way through, we realized that we were just making Archie comics. Where it was like, oh wait, Abe is Archie, Joan is Betty, Veronica is Cleo, Jughead is Gandhi. Oh no, Genghis Khan, Moose, exactly. Yeah, like oh no. We're just making Archie comics. That's now great. popular Riverdale. Yeah, great show, guys. <laughs> we were on something. I think it's some kind of murder mystery now, though. Yeah, it? it is. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Supernatural. <laughs> Took a weird turn, right? Yeah. Considering the show is already very high concept, at what point did you realize you can literally also do anything? I think. I mean, like watching it. The musical uh, Raisins episode. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is now this type of show. But did you guys realize literally you could throw anything at this thing? Were, were there rules of what the parameters rules. of the show? Rules. No. <laughs> rules. No, there were certainly no rules. It was definitely like, oh, we should do like a, a, a skunky poo cartoon. No, <laughs> an episode for no reason. It did seem like. There was no one minding the store, and we we're like, "Well, let's just get away there, from whatever we get." No supervision. Yeah, that's uh, all. Yeah. Would you, <laughs> <laughs> you guys get uh, a bunch of notes and stuff from MTV? No, no. Only if we had a, a, a historical figure, they were like, "Our audience is really dumb," uh, <laughs> and so like you have to say who you have Sigmund Freud in the episode. You have to say. The father of psychology. Um, yeah, didn't it was very. very well. uh, I think, but part of the. I think part of the reason it was so fun and creative was that they didn't have a lot of restraints. And sometimes, specifically in network TV, it's uh, it's often hard. I think it'd be impossible to do a show like this, you know. And uh, so when you're trying to appeal to massive audiences and everybody's noting you every step of the way, that's why it's amazing too what, what Will's been able to do on network television. I really Ooh. dig his show. Watching them operate with these writers and everybody without restraints is one of the things that made the show work, I think. Do you yeah. remember anything that got cut that you still think, or you uh, edit, or you tried and it got cut in the edit? Oh, man. There's one scene, the only scene I remember was the one that um, at the end of the basketball episode where. Uh, uh, Joan is un undercover as a boy, John Dark. Uh, uh, very convincing. <laughs> it's just, you're just wearing a mustache. Wearing yeah. a mustache. Yeah. And making a very low voice. Hello. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> we didn't have time. Your boy, boy, your boy voice was horrible. I absolutely forgot about that. Yes, yeah, horrible. Your I do boy not. Voice. You made no effort. Uh, nope. But we, uh, Zero. And, the, and we didn't have time to do this, but uh, she won 
homecoming queen and homecoming king, uh, and then had to dance with herself uh, alone to a Caribbean queen. <laughs> to Caribbean queen. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have the money for Caribbean queen, or we didn't have time to finish that uh, storyline. I remember it just like in animation. It was like a really long, yeah, she slow was, dance. Like that. She had to, like, <laughs> it was very sensual. <laughs> That's a shame. Guys, yeah, regrets. Yes, there's an animatic of that online for, uh, if there's any nerds in the audience, I know they're probably on. Uh, but you could use the internet to find yeah. that. My only cut regret, because I got to be in on it more than these guys, was I thought Mr. Belvatron, even Butler-tron, though Mr. Belvatron, Mr. Belvatron, <laughs> named after the character on Mr. Belvedere because of how much he loved the show, <laughs> was so funny, and they made these guys take that out, really bums me out to this day, so. Uh, we're gonna get sued by Mr. Belvedere. They should yeah. be so fucking lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody still cares. Yeah. So the the show had a lot of guest stars. We already talked about Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. What was sort of you know, the non-scrubs ones? What was the process of explaining what the hell was happening? Like to tell Mandy Moore or Marilyn Manson, two completely different people. What was explaining to them? <laughs> were they on board? Are they though? <laughs> They're totally different people and do not. That's cra- that'd be crazy. Some yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of big news breaks in this. Um, with Mandy uh, at the time, now uh, kicking butt on a, a popular television program. Yeah. Um, it, it was crazy because she was so nice. And we were like, you have to get extra mad and yell and be super angry and just be, be a jerk, be an ass, just be angry. And she, and she, she was so sweet. We're like, she would yell, but like so nicely. We're like, come on, come on. And I was like, uh, hasn't anyone ever been mean to you? She's like, not really, no. Had a pretty good life. Um, yeah, but and the Marilyn Manson part was... He got it. Yeah, he got the bit. He got the bit. My favorite, because I didn't know who it was, was uh, Ashley Angel from Oaktown. <laughs> yeah. Because of the sheer amount that people said it's Ashley Angel, Angel from Oaktown. Yeah, so many It's Ashley Angel from Oaktown. But he was really <laughs> game. So, so we ran out of money. I don't know how many of you guys... You definitely recorded in this weird house. Yes. In, in Playa Vista. Yep. Uh, which now there's a bunch of buildings. At the time, it was just like a swamp with this one uh, guy's house in it. And he had a closet that he had turned into a recording booth. <laughs> and so, and Ashley was uh, the nicest, most game person ever. Like, mm. yeah. T- uh, t- t- came down uh, to this weird house. And we're like, Ashley, you're so lucky you get to be a guest star on the show. Thank you so much for today. Now get in the closet if you don't mind. <laughs> Uh, it's a very professional show. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, yep, that's just a, that's just a little mouse. They, they won't hurt you. Just kick the, the shirts over. Yeah, and you and you were you recorded in that closet, yep. and Jack Black recorded in that closet. And, uh, have you have you guys all been paid? For this whole thing? No one was paid. In no? MTV I don't bucks. Being paid. Yeah. Do you remember? You got paychecks and residuals and stuff, though, yeah? I'm sure. Maybe not residuals. <laughs> this, is, this day today is our payment. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask about the music in the show. Beyond the theme song, there was a lot of sort of uh, third wave emo music. Was that oh, yeah. also to set a tone, or is that just sort of your music that you guys like? It was. There's two main reasons for that. One was because 
uh, it was sort of free. Yeah, the main reason was, it was super free, uh, and uh, because uh, we could get the the music for absolutely free. So that was we had no money. As why was it? Why job. were dashboard confessional songs free? Um, Somebody made like a weird it deal. A, it was a weird deal. With a label yeah. and yeah. the label had a million emo no bands. <laughs> yeah. Because it was like TV. If you could get your music on MTV without it having to be related to a music video somehow. And oh. I think it was. And we made the show like a, a year and a half before it was uh, released. So by the time it was on the air, the bands had all gotten successful. It worked out great for us, uh, <laughs> uh, but also because of like the show was supposed to be super over the top emotional, so emo music seems like it was hitting the nail right on the head. So extra lucky that it was extra free. Yeah. <laughs> Support for the show is brought to you by the new Audible original Heads Will Roll from Saturday Night Live's Kate McKinnon and co-creator Emily Lynn. Enter the Night Realm, where evil Queen Martwana and her Dizzy Raven sidekick must put down a peasant rebellion and save the throne. Will their friendship survive sensitive generals, chatty sex slaves, whiny behemoths, princes with bird fetishes, and the notion of democracy? This audio satire also features the wicked talents of Meryl Streep, Tim Gunn, Peter Dinklage, Queer Eyes, Fab Five, Aidy Bryant, and so many more. It's a scripted audio comedy that's like TV for your ears. Listen free with a 30-day trial. Just go to audible.com slash vultureheads. That's audible.com slash vultureheads. You know, the show came out 15 years ago before there were, like, the websites like this one to cover it. So there's, like, lots of moments that are, are, have not been celebrated enough. So we're going to play a clip, but then I want to talk about more moments. But this is another clip that you guys picked. I think you guys will remember it. Uh, this is clip number two. And play it on the screen. Dude, this blows. I don't know how Will Smith and Bill Gates do this. Come on, Gandhi. Two more hours and Will have paid for the mall parking. I need a fork. Always with the utensils. And mayhaps a knife as well. Every time. I have to make two trips. Can I have a fork? Can I have a knife? Jeez, every time. Lincoln, we need those plates right now. Gandhi, traditional snowflake sombrero dance. What a jerk! Napoleon's got some sort of a complex. I don't know what it is, but man. Run fire! We eat our mistakes here, Monsieur Abe. But I dropped a glass! Eat it! Eat it! Mangez la verre! Yeah, the Nork. That's how the Nork was invented. <laughs> what was the inspiration of the Nork? Or for that, not even that, obviously the, the sport, but uh, to make it a thing to build an episode around. Uh, of the Nork? We wanted to do a Get Rich Quick scheme. Do you guys remember the origin of the Nork? No. <laughs> um, 
But Pondog, you have a real Nork, right? Yeah, I think I found it years later and we bought them. Yeah, Somebody so invented. they exist. Now yeah. they do. Now they do. After they, they obviously watched off. the show and then <laughs> made hundreds of dollars off of it. <laughs> we should all be getting some of those residuals. Um, I can't remember how the Nork came to be. I know that we wanted to do a, a Gandhi and Abe get rich quick scheme uh, bit. And I said, <laughs> for some reason, that, that was the one that came up. I, I wish I remember whose idea that and was. We were trying to think of an idea that seemed good <laughs> and from a practical standpoint would, would be very disastrous. Right. Are, are there yeah. real TGI chilies? <laughs> I wish. Not yet. But if Maybe you not. the world's most yeah, perfect restaurant. But if you want to go into business with me right now. <laughs> Do you guys remember recording the North Sea? <laughs> I, I honestly, it's like I'm watching these things for the first time. <laughs> I don't remember it, like anything. I remember so watching getting both. in the closet. I remember having to make kissing sounds because it was so like you're kissing the air, and it's like I've, I'd never done any kind of legitimate kissing scene. So it's, it felt so. Uh, that's that's it though. Like it was, but yeah, just kissing the air, and these guys are all watching, and they're like, no, it's not quite there yet. <laughs> and so I kept doing this for like five minutes until. And I'm like, can you guys then turn around? Out. I don't even remember, yeah. but it was, it was very nerve-wracking. And that's, that's about it. I remember a couple table reads. I love the show, too. It's just <laughs> not, not. Do you remember, Michael? No, I literally, watching this clip, I was like, what happens next? I remember going in at Scrubs. Because um, I remember one season I was doing Drew Carey, Scrubs, and Clone High, and just had a first baby, and I didn't even know what day it was when I would come in and record. I, I had no, zero idea what was going on. So I want to just talk about any moments, but so this would be a time if people want to politely, one at a time, shout out a thing and see politely. if they remember. So politely. first person, yell out a thing from the show that you'd like to see if they remember to it. <laughs> oh, it's like a quiz. Yeah. And, Did you see the pool? They flipped the bitch. <laughs> They're rioting at a college <laughs> level. <laughs> Bill watches a show regularly. I am not 21. Oh, that's, um, that's, that's, that's Genghis Bill Lord, Khan. a.k.a. Genghis Khan. He's yeah. one of my favorite characters. Will you do for me uh, Genghis Khan when Abe's student film starts, just right after action? Because <laughs> <laughs> this makes, makes, makes me laugh so hard because as yeah, a yeah. person that directs and produces and stuff, and you often find yourself in a position that the people, you're not these guys, the people that you work with have done, I'm going to tell, uh, uh, I won't tell the story. All right. It just made me, it made me laugh so hard because, all right, ready? So Genghis Khan has been prepped. He's ready. He's the lead of the movie. And then Abe's going, you're going to be there. You're going to be emotionally ready, blah, blah, blah. And action. Line! <laughs> That's good. That's a good bit. <laughs> Very sophisticated bit. <laughs> so happy though. <laughs> I, I, my version of this, I did a, uh, um, well, I'll tell the story. I did a show once, so I'll tell the person, but we did an episode based on Groundhog Day. And uh, the joke was that all this person's friends um, oh, I love uh, this constantly, and, <laughs> until this person got the correct solution to a problem and situation, um, uh, they put that character through Groundhog Day every day until they got it right. Mm -hmm. And you know how. Not these actors and actresses, but sometimes actors and actresses might not read the whole script and they'll just be prepped on what's going on that day. So anyways, 
one of the people on day four of shooting that came up to me and said, uh, hey, I've never criticized the writing. Um, but I feel in this Groundhog Day episode that you guys are doing the same joke over and over and over. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. it just made me laugh. It's my favorite part of the show. That and uh, nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. <laughs> Because it's true. It's true. Uh, my favorite was always for supper. I want a party. Yeah. Do you remember it? Do you remember it? Me, so that we did that together. You, you and me. I don't know if you remember that. Where, uh, where I'm trying to teach you how to talk cool. In a, in a Are you bad boss? Or me? I can't. Michael. 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 Literally just oh, terrified. Okay. It's you, Mike. Thank God he's talking to Will. Yeah. Yeah, we, it was uh, uh, JFK trying to teach Gandhi how to talk uh, cool and sophisticated. Uh, and so he's trying to tell him how to say, for a supper, I want a party platter. So maybe coach don't remember, coach remember, coach remember that. that at all. So, very so try saying uh, for supper I want a party platter. <laughs> did it? How did it? How did uh, your GFK? Did it work out? <laughs> it worked out pretty well for you. Yeah. Throw some words in there. I gotta watch this show. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I want to know. It was a long time ago, you guys. Do you know what the the Scrubs writers thought was uh, the best written joke on your show? Uh, and you guys gotta tell me if I get the the it incorrect. But tell me who wrote it. It was. Um, uh, I watched the first two-thirds of the MC Hammer behind the music. And if there's anything I learned, it's that the money never stops coming. <laughs> that was literally our writer's room's favorite joke. Because if you had watched the last part, you would have realized that Hammer goes completely... So broken. close, yeah. Spoiler. I don't remember... That one I don't That's remember. That's a great Do you joke. Remember I think that it was one never stops. You think it was you? Yeah. Chris was is very modest, but I think yeah. it was Christopher was it Miller. Yeah. yeah, it was from uh, yeah. The same yeah. Thing. You think it's Kentoff? I wrote Kentoff. Kentoff. <laughs> Eric yeah. Kentoff, now a lawyer in Florida. Um, great writer. I, uh, also I, wrote for the Harlem Globetrotters. Do you guys remember yeah. any jokes of your characters? <laughs> we worked on the show for like two straight years and didn't sleep. Yeah. They literally came in. Yeah. We're, we're given some confusing direction. <laughs> <laughs> We're very polite about the whole thing. <laughs> Did any of them ever fight with you? Did any of them ever no, give you shit? No, no. no. I'm sure they nice. fumed in the green room Who was the when most we difficult? weren't there. Who was the most difficult? Miller and Lord. Uh, <laughs> this Miller, this Miller. I'm very difficult. No, yeah. different, different. He's a Miller. He's a Miller. He's, He's a, Miller. a Miller. He's a Miller, too. Their names are Chris Miller. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know anything. <laughs> they don't remember any of it. It was the most difficult she thought you... No, I thought you, you just looked at me. You were so hoping, like, deliciously that you were to me. Yeah. Yeah, no. Any last moment that you guys wanted? At least hear them talk about What's up, Dolphin? <laughs> <laughs> the what's up, Dolphin came from uh, someone who worked in our uh, office who, ha who got a dolphin tattoo on her ankle. <laughs> and it was just... I uh, wanted to make fun of that. Is that a person, is a person that regrets that tattoo now? I think so. I think. I think, I think, I think when she sees what a gr great uh, television episode came out of it, sure. she has no regrets. no regrets at all. That's right. Yeah. For art's sake. But, but people really got that tattoo for real. Oh my god. Oh, the what's up tattoo? Like yeah, a lot of they humans. really. Is some people who actually have, have it. This come on, 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 come
You do not. Come on, come up to the light. Yeah. Oh, he's got it. Oh, he's got it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's wonderful. We've encountered so four or five humans in our in our time that have gotten That's the, insane. the dolphin tattoo that says Waza. <laughs> and that is a choice you do not regret, let me tell you guys. So get involved. I uh, always ID'd with your uh, submarine sandwich shop for getting your card every time. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Because I, I, I feel that that personally So personal. there's, it's very personal. <laughs> I, uh, there's an episode where uh, it turns out that, uh, that Principal Scudward's arch rival from high school is John Stamos, who, if you've ever had a chance to meet him, he is the most magnanimous, uh, friendly, and talented person. He's a drummer with the Beach Boys, and he's a good actor, and he's like really handsome, and he never ages. And so we were like, "Oh, that would be really great if he was uh, if he was who you had to measure yourself against." <laughs> uh, and so then, and so there's like a rant where he's just like complaining about how uh, how Stamos like is get you know just he's every time uh, he get, he gets there first. And then I started to just riff on like things that were really bothering me in my real life, and I'm not joking. I get a little teary when I think about it. <laughs> but it's a lot of like I just I'm so disorganized, and, and uh, every time I go to the submarine sandwich shop, I forget my submarine sandwich value card every time. <laughs> and it's like really, and it's really how I felt. I just felt like a mess. <laughs> You. I'm so yeah. sad about that. It's so sad. I know. I know. I want to breathe. Oh, that's funny. Oh, man. So, so I want to talk about the uh, sort of unbelievable way the show met its demise. Uh, <laughs> which was, uh, what was your reaction? Especially, I mean, you guys have talked about it, but do you guys remember where you were when you heard that Howie where show? Where were you? Where like the <laughs> was, people in India were protesting the show, and as a result, made the show get off the air. Do you guys remember? Oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, Bill, where you were? Uh, it was the oddest phone call I've ever uh, gotten in my career to this day. Yeah. It was, uh, I was told that there was a symbolic hunger strike. Uh, I think 45 MPs or something like that. What's, a, what's a symbolic hunger strike? They, uh, <laughs> like you don't really go hungry? They were, a light lunch, they a light were members of parliament that were not going to not eat for no, a prolonged period of time. Yeah, they're still eating. They're just going to take a day that they don't eat to right. uh, protest you. Uh, know, my memory of it was, I think there was, it was either on MSNBC or some news show, and it was, um, you know, it was a quip of somebody explaining logically why it bothered people in India, and then it was a quip, I believe, of you guys or someone associated with the show saying, uh, it's true, <laughs> saying, saying that it was satire and we weren't thinking that way. It's just historical figures. We were trying to have fun. And that was a, uh, a cut of Gandhi. His character is saying, I like my humping like I like my martinis. Dry. <laughs> dry. <laughs> and I, I, I remember seeing that and going like, oh, this show's over. <laughs> Oh, he's never going to be on again. It's very clear. It's weird. 
As gone, did you remember? Do you remember hearing about it? I heard about it. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I was. Um, I was traveling in Mumbai at the time. <laughs> doing doing research for. I mean, since does it make you think about how you decided to portray Gandhi and if you would have done it differently? <laughs> uh, can I, I got to give you guys props. Look, it was so interesting. Climate in the world, I've been doing this for so long, and the climate changes every couple of years. The approach to this was literally. I don't believe in that. Was, no, it was literally just let's think of some dead historical figures that everyone knows. And it didn't really go beyond that. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and by the way, how close you guys were to having uh, Jesus Christ slash Jesus Christo be a regular character. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? And then, we were playing with fire. I think in the show, he ended up being a bit character that wanted yes. to be, he went by Jesus Christo, right? That's right. Yes. Um, uh, I think you would have to approach it differently yeah. today, but it was, I, I can speak as someone that watched it happen, that it was just with the utmost of comedic and innocent intentions of three young idiots. So yeah, <laughs> I really liked Gandhi too. He was like a fun guy. That was all sweet. we were trying to. He's be. vulnerable. He's yeah. uh, he's lovable, you guys. I mean, he mostly he gets naked a show lot, yeah. wanting to get laid and get drunk or hot. <laughs> well, well, the idea yeah, was yeah. he was like under so much pressure. Like, how do you live up to yeah, like, no, no, like real Gandhi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go the other way. And and we had yeah. friends in high school that were kind of like that. They had like doctor parents and, and a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. They're like, you know, what? I'm just going to be a party guy. Um, and uh, but I remember uh, MTV saying like, we think maybe if we can just send them an episode where Gandhi doesn't do anything embarrassing, <laughs> uh, we can show them that it's not so bad. We're like, well, what about this one? No, no, he, he's naked in that one. What about that one? No, he shows his butt in that one also. <laughs> Which ones does he not show his butt? Well, the no, the prison rape one. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no. And, uh, and we couldn't find one. We couldn't find an episode to show him. And so then we tried to do it where the second season, uh, he was going to learn that he wasn't the clone of Gandhi, that he was the clone of Gary Coleman. And they got it mixed up. Uh, uh, and they were just going to call him Gary, and, and no one would ever speak about it again. I think that was a very elegant solution. <laughs> but uh, we didn't take a lot of pressure off him. That's funny. Yeah. That didn't work either. G-Spot marks the G-Spot. I remember the title. <laughs> you just, it's the title over and over again. <laughs> the lyrics are pretty sophisticated. But not, not that complex melody. <laughs> Can I tell you the most embarrassing thing for me was, uh, and this is not happening to me often as a comedy writer, that when we first took that into the Scrubs writer's room, I did not get the joke. No, but I mean, I didn't. I didn't get the. the I didn't even understand what the fucking G spot was. I thought it was just about. Oh, I'm sorry. Neither does yeah. that. She's given him three children. Despite, despite. All right. So, so the season ends on a cliffhanger. Do you have a sense of what would have happened sort of right after that or in a second season to explain that cliffhanger or? Explain? Or sort of what? I think the plan, if I'm not wrong, they were going to repeat their junior year of high school. No, then they were going to do senior year and then do a wormhole and repeat the senior year. Oh, sorry. 
They were. I, I, I wanted to say that the next season, the idea was for it to start exactly like the first season had, and they were like slowly realizing that all of this stuff had happened, and they had all been had had their memories wiped. They slowly came by, yeah. back in horrifying nightmares of what yeah. happened. Yeah, you, they would start the. Yeah, they were walking into school like in the pilot, and they were going, "How was your summer?" Like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, the, that's the ultimate gimmick for writers is we're going to do the same 13 episodes every year for six years. Yeah. Saves so much that's money. That's really fun. <laughs> um, so 15 years has passed. Let's say 15 years has passed also in the universe. What, what happened to these characters over the last 15 years? What was college like? Do, as people play together, <laughs> what do you wow. think? Where are they now? Where are they now? They take it over the world. Yeah, I feel like they, they, they must have colonized some some country. I never, but can I be honest about yeah. something? Even though you know I'm yeah. a huge fan. Yeah. yeah. I never really understood like what, what the, the plan what, was. What the plan was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean <laughs> Scudward's plan? Yeah. 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 But We're going to make clones <laughs> of all the dead famous people yeah. as, yep. as far as it got, right? He yeah. was planning Colony Island for the amusement park. I remember that, yeah. that kind of... But what was the shadowy figures plan with the clones? I don't know. And I, Great I, question. Yes. <laughs> it's mysterious. We, it's like Lost. It doesn't know explanation. They know. And, these yeah, guys we know. know. We can't tell you. Maybe it was like a we, think, think we tank. Have, we, we haven't figured out. They were going to make Rand, the Rand Corporation. It used to bother me. As the only character, I'm horrible at voices, the only character you guys let me do a voice for. Uh, and uh, I never understood what his motivation was. <laughs> One of the reasons I saw it. <laughs> that was, that's on the directors, I'd say. What were the other reasons you sucked? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, there's a lot of people here that can give testament to the fact I'm an excellent actor and performer. <laughs> Stellar. Yeah? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on a practical level, what would have to happen to there be any sort of reunion TV show or, or movie? Uh, I will yeah. say, and then these guys will answer, uh, more than any of my shows, we get inquiries. I don't know if they come your way, too. Mm-hmm. I get inquiries oddly about... I, look. Again, tooting everybody's horns that worked on the show so much is I, I see uh, Big Mouth, which I really like, and Bojack, which I really like, and Archer, that I really, really like. I think that the show that these guys all did is not only the, you know, in a lot of ways, the precursor to those shows, but is a show that could certainly hang with those shows now. And uh, we often get inquiries as to whether or not we'd be interested in doing it uh, again. But you guys can it's like a complicated. We always want to do uh, something with it, and uh, and it's, a, it's kind of complicated because of uh, Bill uh, has a, a TV deal at one studio, and we have a TV deal at another studio, and so and it's also to, wait, and it's owned. And it's owned by, by a third, third TV studio. Fox, owned by Disney, Warner Brothers, and, and owned by and MTV Paramount. Paramount. Viacom. Yes. So. We can just get four of the animation majors and, and, and a weird bankrupt <laughs> animation company in Canada. If you tried to get them in on the deal and called the number, I think one guy would answer and just be like, yes! <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> but otherwise, would you all yes, do it? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Is there anything you'd like your characters to do? Now that you've watched clips of them, <laughs> I think you know what they look like. Got any ideas? Like a pitch for like yeah. a workout, like a bible for oh, a man. We'll write clone this high. Down. Yeah. Who do you think Abe ends up with? Season two. <laughs> I, 
I didn't realize we'd be getting like qu questions <laughs> not based. I didn't think that we'd have to like pitch on the think, think, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, um, start. Let's start down. Ends, right? <laughs> the first episode I watched, I think, was the peanut. <clears throat> yeah. And I was like, what did we just make? <laughs> I, I was like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I was so tripped out, and then I went, and then I watched more, and then I was like, oh, okay, that was that was the weird. That was the that's high. the only weird that, thing. The only weird thing was yeah. that. But that's that's the first episode I saw. I was like, this is weirder than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I felt that I got that I think that feeling when the. I forget which episode it was when he unzipped that mascot and all his entrails came out. Yeah. <laughs> Geshi. Yeah. Geshi. He said Geshi, right? Geshi. Yeah. Oh my god! So, why, why, by the way, this is my favorite part of that. This is why all you guys are so funny. Is First of all, he's a mascot with guts and stuff. But why would he have a zipper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for ease of, of uh, extracting the DNA. Something. <laughs> and again, much like the clone plan, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense. Well, I mean, I don't know. If you're like an evil scientist, you need access to all the all right, you know, your experiments. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, out. if we do this again, it's going to have to have a little more logic behind it. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. So, I will say that that is one of the reasons I would be so into it is to not have to answer questions like that. <laughs> to like. Because I know that these guys just, it's been so fun for me listening to them talk about this. Because a lot of these are, are kind of memories that I, that I kind of catch up with. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. That did happen. But, but, <laughs> I mean, obviously, everyone in the room can tell what brilliant minds these guys have. And it's so fun to just get into a room, open up this script, and, and go, holy shit. <laughs> and, like, and so, you know, that, it's... The, the best feeling in the world, and it doesn't happen with every show. So, yeah. like, to get that experience again, oh man, I think I speak for all of us when yeah. I say that's, that's the dream job. Yeah. So, we, we have one last clip that you guys wanted to play, that, uh, and then we'll end on it, but can you play this last clip? That could have used some setup. Which is. <laughs> I kind of like it um, doing that explained. Now you uh, can explain why. Okay, so that was uh, a clip that uh, in from the Film Fest episode where uh, uh, Gandhi and George that Washington Carver. Erica Carver, wrote, was right over here. Um, George uh, Washington Carver was. Erica Ribbon. Was Donald, right? Yeah, Donald Faison was uh, George Washington Carver. Episode written by in which uh, they're making a movie called, a sh called Black and Tan. Uh, and, uh, and, and he's trying to teach George Washington Carver how to say, say what, cool. Um, and for some reason, uh, uh, maybe 10 years ago, um, that clip, that YouTube clip of that bit, where they go back and forth saying, say what? Um, became a thing where people started making weird music videos out of it, <laughs> like that, that don't make any sense. Um, and there's hundreds of them, hundreds of them where people are doing them, and they do them backwards and upside down, and, 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 they, and, and had no idea why. And I didn't even know about it until years later when someone was like, have you seen these hundreds of weird videos? <laughs> Uh, that's the most successful the show was. <laughs> like, that's the way most experience, most people experience the show. Yeah, that's the show's peak right there. Right there. That right is the peak. That is so say sad. what? <laughs> say really what? Well, I wanted to ask because you know, it shows made 15 years ago is watched by how many people? It didn't finish its run on MTV, and now you have a room 
of people that have all come to see you talk about it. Dozens of people. Dozens of people. <laughs> like the show. You know, <laughs> um, why do you think it has connected to the people it has connected? And had, had a run considering that, you know, it, it didn't necessarily even finish and it was so long ago. What do you think it is connecting? What brought all these people out? Since we don't have time to ask each of them. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm sh always shocked that anybody remembers it because uh, it, it ended in such flames. Uh, but I can say that it was made with a lot of love and and uh, and, and performed with a lot of uh, intelligence and and great comedy. And these guys are so um, smart; they don't they're great actors, so they don't put extra spin on the ball, and they just like they they they, they gave great performances. And um, and it's and it's real. It's our great luck because Bill was like, "These are my friends. They should be in the show." We're like, "Great." <laughs> um, and so uh, and and uh, yeah, I don't know. We we just got really lucky. And I'm glad that it any, connects to anybody. It's not like since it's not about me, I can. It's not self-aggrandizing. It's what's the what's it's just aggrandizing. Just aggrandizing. <laughs> uh, these, these guys were making niche TV before that era. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so one of the things I noticed early on about this show. Even back in a cool way, when it was on, where the, the people that liked it liked it so hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, I think if you're able to do that on any level, it's what TV in a cool way has become. So I think that's why it's still on. We are responsible for television. Television, yeah. That's it. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys for coming. That's it for another episode of Good One. Good One is produced by Mike Comite. Justin D. Wright did our theme song. Write a review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. And hey, if you know anyone who might like the podcast, maybe tell them what the heck. You can email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. We'll be back with a new season and new jokes soon. Have a good one. That was a HeadGum Podcast.